0: How many believe in the Holy Spirit? Anybody believe in the Holy Spirit? Uh, How many believe that He actually gives gifts to His people? Anybody believe that? So that you can show off on occasion, right? No. No, it's not. Why why does He give us gifts? Build up the body, right? Build up one another. And to confirm the message of the gospel. There's nothing like me. You don't even begin to be built up until you get saved. Am I right? (laughs) Right? So... Uh, anybody I mean I asked you earlier about healing and so many people are lifting up your hands and say oh, I believe in healing pastor uh, and I do but do you believe in healing enough to pray for somebody alright I was just walking through my stories and uh, all the people and I haven't even answered all the messages that you put on Facebook it's just a little overwhelming right now uh, the gathering of freedom is so beautiful I'm going to continue in the series together, t- together and uh it's about us getting together. Amen. We need to come together. And over the years, I've experienced so many spectacular moments in the kingdom of God. I've seen dramatic healing. And sometimes you kind of, you know, you you tell the stories, people just say, what? You know, why are you telling a story? So you guys will look at me like I am the best pastor and I can start my own healing ministry. That's not what I'm into. All right. I Uh, I've just seen God do the miraculous, all right? I've seen people who were uh, deathly ill wake up, and I've seen people who couldn't walk stand up, all right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Okay, so I've seen people that were massively oppressed by the devil set free and delivered, all right, I'm making people nervous talking like this right now. Like, he's going to make a prayer line and start anointing people, you know. <laughs> Don't play with me. <laughs> Just I I think, I think sometimes we, uh, when we think of the church and the power of God, uh, we're so busy watering it down so it can be palatable to everyone. For those individuals that are afraid that, you know, that church over there, they, they're crazy people. Okay. All right, call me, call me crazy, but I'm whole. Amen. And and here's something else that's really radical. Okay, I believe the Bible. Amen. All right, anybody else believe the Bible? Believe. So it's like, well, you know, but th- let me tell you my experience. I don't know what your experience is, but I have read the Bible, and God's word is absolutely true. Amen. Anybody else believe that? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So, and and I. Anybody read the New Testament? Have you read the New Testament? Look, you say, well, you know, the Bible. Just read it. All right. It's it's like better than the most amazing action adventure you have ever read. The Bible. Okay. I know you've read all the Harry Potter series. Okay. Read the Bible. All right. Read the Bible. The stories are spectacular. I mean, it's like one story right after another. And every time you think you've understood it, rather than just writing the gospel once, and he, he has it written over and over and over because some of us see things in other ways. So you read it out of Matthew, you read it out of Mark, you read it out of Luke, you know, the synoptic gospels, you know, you read it out of John, but then you read Acts and you read that incredible. Anybody ever read Romans before? I mean, just start with Romans if you have to. I'm going to start with Genesis. Maybe I'll start with Romans, okay? I, I think it's fantastic the way it reads, but I keep finding out that God just keeps showing up and doing miracles in the lives of people. Anybody else found that to be true? So uh, uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see God do some amazing, amazing things. Uh, and to join with me in this teaching today. Uh, On together, read this with me as we did last Sunday. Read this and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And what do you remember the Greek word we talked about last week? Sozo. Sozo. So I'm rescued. Give me some more words healed, delivered. Delivered. Okay, look at all those words that we find. Uh, The word sozo means more. I am saved. I am being saved, and I will be saved. All right? Say it. I am saved. I am, saved. I am being saved, I am saved. and I will, be saved. I will be saved. So God's doing a work in my life. But the Lord adds to the church, and we are the church. And the words that we often see about the church, we see words like unity, knit together, and that's really what, he, what he's doing. Okay. On, a, on occasion, I see Yvonne walk in and She'll have like those needles in her hands, right? She loves, are you still doing that? Still doing that? Okay. She's not doing it right now, but I've seen her. She'll be here early or something, pull out, you know, I'll just wait until everybody gets here. And and, uh, really it's symbolic though. When you see somebody crocheting, knitting, something like that, that's what God is doing right now. He's weaving us together. He's connecting us. Uh, together so that we can do something spectacular for the kingdom so when we announce uh, things like you know this young adult stuff I mean identity we're so grateful for what the Lord's going to do I mean we haven't got plans so y'all come if you're in that age group you come and uh, figure it out anybody see what I'm saying it's, it, it's so uncomplicated. I mean, in this scripture, in Acts 2.47, they continued together house to house, you know, breaking bread, eating dinner, talking, praying for one another. You like that? And uh, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That's how that scripture shows up. People start getting together. And so the church needs to facilitate opportunities for the church to get together, to knit together, the Holy Spirit wants to knit us together. He wants us to help one another, to love one another, pray for one another, build each other up in the Holy Spirit, and He wants to fill us with His Spirit, to change us, and to and to transform us. I love these scriptures. I mean, it is the power of the church. I mean, flipping back to where we have been in, in uh, Joshua chapter one, verse nine: uh, "Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and courageous." Uh, do not be afraid or dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you. Okay. So he says, be strong and courageous. All right. And there's two things in there. There's one is he's saying, be strong and courageous, but he's not saying just, come on, just put your big boy pants on and let's go. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm going with you. Be strong and courageous in me. All right. But sooner or later, you got to stop talking about, I'm going to be strong and courageous. And you got to get your strong and courageous on and do something for the kingdom of God. And when I say strong and courageous, I'm saying that means you have to overcome fear and you overcome fear through the presence of the Lord Jesus in your life, knowing Holy Spirit is here. I want you to learn to say this in the morning. Say it. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Say it. Welcome, Holy Spirit. And sometimes you need to say it when you're driving down the road, right? And you need to say it at work. Welcome, Holy Spirit. You need to remind yourself that you are not alone and you're going to get through what you're going through. But you got to be strong and courageous. You can't just look the part. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, you know, I, anybody been to the store? Anybody like go to the store? Man, they got some cool clothes that I can't afford out there. They really do. I mean, some really nice stuff, you know. And, and I'm thinking that one day I want to be that, that cool pastor. I'm working on that. Maybe when I'm 80, I'll be that. But right now, I'm doing the best I can, you know, I want to be that cool pastor. I want to have like ripped muscles and really tight shirts, you know. I'm not busting on them. I love them. I mean, I love these guys. I'm really thankful, you know. And and then the enemy says, you know, one day, Pastor, they're going to look at you and they go, I can't relate to him. He's an old guy. Well, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, I think think sometimes we kind of throw everybody a head fake, you know. Uh, Don't be confused. What you see on the outside of me is not all there is to me. All right? I am a spirit man. I am supernatural. I'm a superhero. This is just my costume. Anybody with me on this? Come on. Come on. Batman's been around a while now, right? I heard something like 80 years or something he's been around. Happy birthday, Batman. All right? He's a fake. All right? Anyway. Believers are the real deal. Wave at me if you know what I'm saying. We're the real deal. Well, say it. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Be strong and courageous. Don't let the enemy control you. Don't let the enemy own you. Okay. Uh, especially in these days, because in these last days, God is doing something supernatural. I walked into kinship. If you didn't get into kinship, I mean, you can still. You got another week to connect. All right, this coming Friday, you can still connect with it. But, wow, I, you know, I walked in, had some business that I took care of, and well, I had a baptism. Hallelujah. And uh, in fact, let's celebrate the baptism. One more. Let, me, let, me show you, let me show you a baptism at the bay, all right? As the sun was setting, we baptized people from seven years old to 82 years old, all right? And uh, it was a glorious, beautiful, beautiful day. Yeah. And uh, I see that one picture of Julia, all right? And uh, so that was a, that was a great moment. That was a really a great moment. She was the last one that got in the water, and uh, it was just an amazing day. I mean, the presence of the Lord was there, and we did it just as the sun was setting to signify that the sun is setting on your old life, and the sun is rising on your new life. Jesus. So, in the gift, here's the here's the message of baptism: that that I want you to repent and be baptized. And then, Peter goes on to say, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You should anticipate that I am not just a a man of flesh, but I am body, soul, and spirit. And so when I receive Christ, and I confess Him openly, baptism matters. Can I get an amen from somebody? Baptism matters. All right? Say, I don't know if I was ever baptized or not. Well... Meet me in the water, okay? Let's take care of that. Give us a call. Let us get on with that. But it matters, and it is the significance of I believe in Jesus and his death and in his resurrection. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead also will raise me from the dead, and then his spirit will dwell on the inside of me, okay? You say, well, I don't feel nothing right now. I didn't ask you to feel anything. You get saved by faith, but receive the Holy Spirit by faith as well. Just say, welcome, Holy Spirit, all right? He will change your life. He'll change some direction. Some of the mess that you're going through right now has to do with your listening to the flesh rather than the spirit. Amen. All right? I want you to become superheroes with me because God is doing something new in the church. And I want to continue to talk about this together a message from Acts 2.47. But today, I want us to talk about words of harvest. And I'm going to talk about the first word of harvest out of John chapter 4 and teach you from the topic of a new harvest. Say it, a a new harvest. I ask you again, how many believe in the Holy Spirit? Who believes in the Holy Spirit? So he gives gifts to us, right? He gives gifts to us. So there are gifts in us. Anybody ever experienced the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Anybody ever done that? How many has God ever told you something that you wouldn't have known if God did not tell you? Has that ever happened to anybody? Or how many have ever had a dream from heaven? Anybody have a dream or a vision that the Lord gave you, or you uh, were able to understand a language, or maybe out of the power of the Holy Spirit you spoke in another language? Has that happened to anybody? Maybe an unknown tongue or something. That's all a part of the Holy Spirit: praying in the Spirit and worshiping in Spirit, speaking to other people prophetically all of that but sometimes in the church we think that the gifts of the spirit are so we can show off no it's not it is there for confirmation it's for the building up the church because the lord wants to increase he is into adding to the church to knitting more people into the body you understand that he wants us to be his church to connect us together and here we are at this time of the year and uh uh, you know what today is? It's the last day of what they call summer. But don't be fooled, all right? Because right now for us, it's fake autumn, all right? Because we had some days and mornings in the 60s and 70s, but uh, we who live in Virginia Beach know that the 80s and 90s are right around the corner, right? Because we have sweated it out in October. Amen. But, uh, I, you know, I enjoy this particular weather, but uh, you know, it's kind of like winter. You know, it's wintertime, you know, and you're out mowing your grass and uh, saying, how did that happen? But it's, it's Virginia Beach. We're on the coast and, and things shift. Uh, nevertheless, whether you believe it or not, autumn is here. All right? And, and autumn is harvest season. If you get in your car and you drive out, you, you know that, uh, that we have a lot of military, right? And that's a big part of the economy around here. But you know the, 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 the next largest part? I believe we have tourism and agriculture, massive agriculture in Virginia Beach. You said, oh, well, I see your buildings and stuff. No. Drive out to Pongo. Yes. All right? And if you, drive, if you start driving out to Pongo, you're going to see some things. You're going to see corn that's about this tall, right? You're going to see a soybean, right? You're going to see wheat. You're going to see these things, and that they are just about ready to harvest because this is harvest season. Because the earth knows. Because God set up a seed time and harvest. And so, uh, look at the scripture in John four thirty five. Jesus says, and He's speaking to His disciples. Do not say. Do, do you not say? four months and four months more and then the harvest. So it was like a saying, all right? All right? Somebody looking at somebody say, hey, four months more and then the harvest. And somebody said that to you, you'd say, you need help, all right? You need somebody to talk to because I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, because it was, it was like a statement, four months more and then the harvest. Uh, it's like, don't worry because harvest is coming, but... It'll be in four months. And that was kind of like like a buzzword. You know, people are saying stuff four months more. And then the harvest. Well, the Lord said, if you would open up your eyes, you would realize that the harvest is already here. It's ready. The question is whether or not anybody is going to do anything about it. Okay, so it may be hot as blazes, Around him, around here, but the fact is that it is harvest season. And I feel this in my spirit as your pastor. This is harvest season for us. I believe if we would open up our eyes and just look around, that there are all kinds of people that are desperately in need of Jesus, and that He wants you to open your mouth and spend some, t- some time with somebody. This is a story that I love. I, I preached on this one, you, know, I, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I preached on my, you know, my opening sermon when I first assumed the pastorate many, many, many years ago. Let's not talk about that anymore. But uh, and then this is another scripture that I have preached on on several occasions, and it's going to be somewhat different, I believe, today. It's about the woman at the well, and and Jesus at this point in John four thirty five is summing up everything when he says four months more and then the harvest. Open your eyes and look at the field. So some of you understand this. Some of you don't understand this. Uh, I think you understand it. Here's the best way I can help you understand this. Do I have any hurricane shoppers? Where's my hurricane shoppers? You hear there might be a hurricane coming, and you head over to Walmart. And you buy like five uh, packages of water and and all the Spam they have because you love canned meat. I don't get into canned meat myself. I mean, anybody anybody even know what Spam is? Anybody know what that is? And some of you guys like that stuff because give it to them. All right, give it to them. Spam, you know, Vienna sausages. Anybody had that? You can actually buy ham in cans. Did you know that? So you know that only because you're hurricane shoppers, probably, okay? Because you can go into the store. And it was kind of like this, the last time when there was a question about how much uh, we would be hit by Dorian. And we're still praying and believing and helping the folks out that were hit. But those of us that were here, I went to the grocery store uh, on, the, on the weekend, on Monday after uh, the the hurricane came by, and I'm telling you, there was nothing there. I mean, there was a few things, but not what I was looking for. You walked to the bread shelf, and it was like they were it was gone. I mean, milk, eggs, gone. You know, stuff was gone. I walked in the freezer section, you know where they have like uh, or that, that freezer section where they have things you can just pick them up. You know, all the uh, all all of the, the the barbecue wings and stuff are because it's football season. I need that, and they were gone. You know, everything was gone. And and I'm thinking. Where is it? Okay, now I have an answer for it. Okay, let me help you with this. Food does not grow in the grocery store. All right, now some of you think that's true because, got any country folk in the house know what I'm talking about? The harvest comes out of the field. So if there's no bread on the shelf when you go to buy your bread, that's because, and you say, well, where's all the bread? Where is it? Somebody has to harvest that out of a field. They have to separate it. They have to make the flour. Then they have to bake the bread. Some of you look so surprised. They, they slice it and put it in packages. And then they, they carry it and put it on the shelf and you buy it. There was a day... And it wasn't so long ago, it seems like it was a thousand years ago, but there was a day, like Diana's dad, you know, they, bought, they did not go to the store to buy their food, they actually grew it in the fields. Yeah. That's nuts. I know who does that. I mean, the fact is, is that, here's the only way you can understand this statement, Okay. Four months more, and then the harvest. What would your life be like if the there was only uh, there was only like a few weeks of the year that you could buy groceries? If the grocery stores were only opened like for just a few weeks, and that's the only time you could buy food. I mean, you'd be going to Sam's Club, and you'd have like five of those pull-along carts, and you'd, have, you'd rent a U-Haul truck, am I right? You'd clean out your garage, and you'd say, that ain't for cars, that's for food. Because the only time you could buy it was at that particular time. So here's what Jesus is, is bringing to bear with his disciples. He's saying, stop saying four months. And now you understand When you go to the grocery store, you know anytime you go to the grocery store, you're expecting food to be there. You don't go into the grocery store saying, gee, I wonder if they're going to have anything today. You know the cereal aisle is going to be full of cereal, and you know there's going to be plenty of milk. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying that there are people everywhere, and the people are the harvest. I want you to open your eyes and realize you don't have to wait anymore. Holy Spirit has come. Jesus is going to give his life in order that everyone can be saved and we got to stop sitting around on our backside saying one day I'm going to do something for Jesus. He's saying, wake up, wake up, look around. Jesus. I want you to consider the story with the woman at the well. Uh, And again, I preached this before. I mean, how many times uh, anybody heard your mama say this before? How many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> you know, any, any mama said that recently to somebody? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, did I tell you? If I told you once, I told you a thousand times. So I'm gonna I'm gonna teach this, and I, you know I have this concept. I'm just gonna teach until we get it. All right, uh, but out of this, so you know, here is my heart. I believe the Lord. Come on. There's something in the air. Anybody with me? I believe that it's harvest season. I believe the time is upon freedom fellowship. Anybody with me on this? I am ready to win cities for Jesus. Come on, I'm ready to win people that you have thought were unreachable for the Lord Jesus. Anybody want to clap their hands and celebrate with me? I love the story of the woman at the well. I get it. It makes sense to me. And here's, here's basically the story is simply Jesus sits down with a woman at a well. Did, did you hear what I told you? He sits down, talks to this girl, and it absolutely revolutionizes her life. I mean, who could you sit down with? Who could you, I'm not trying to put shame on you. I'm trying to put hope in you. What would happen if you would just sit down with somebody? And talk to them and open up your heart to them. But uh, this is a little bit unique. Because when I say that Jesus sat down with somebody. He sat down with somebody that nobody else wanted to sit down with. Because Jesus had to go to unwanted people. Unwanted people. Uh, Notice in the beginning of the story. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Okay? Everybody say Samaria. Say Samaria. Okay. Now, when I say Samaria, say it like that. You say Samaria. Samaria. It sounds so nice, like Mary. Maria. I'm going to marry you. That's what it sounds like. And it just has such a good sound. I love, and the Good Samaritan. Anybody remember the Good Samaritan? I love Samaritans. You're a Samaritan? That's wonderful. We can hang out because that's not what this is about. I mean, when I tell you Good Samaritan... The feeling, the flavor of Good Samaritan to you sounds like I had a flat tire and a Good Samaritan stopped by and helped me. Thank God for those Good Samaritans. No, 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 no. The term Good Samaritan is an oxymoron, okay? Because nobody liked Samaritans. Jews didn't like Samaritans. Samaritans did not like Jews. They didn't talk together. They didn't get together family reunions. They didn't shop together. They didn't hang out. They didn't play volleyball together. They, didn't come, they just didn't like each other. Samaritans, as far as the Jews were concerned, concerned. They were a bunch of rebels. They were just, they, they were just lost, and, and without God, and we didn't want to get around them, because if you get around Samaritans, their nastiness will get all over you, and Jews kind of felt like the problem that Samaritans felt toward the Jews, the problem those Jews, they just think they're better than everybody else, and so oxymoron. You understand oxymoron. Good Samaritans and an oxymoron. Oxymorons, act naturally. That's an oxymoron. Okay. Some of you are looking at it like, why is that an oxy? Because you're not being natural if you act. Get it? It's an oxy or bittersweet. Okay, is it bitter or is it sweet? Jumbo shrimp. That's a weird one, okay? Okay, if it's a shrimp, it's still a shrimp, all right? It's still, it's a jumbo shrimp, but it's still just, just, you know, or original. Can I have the original copy? It's not a copy if it's an original. Or just put that in some... And it's in a random order. Now, if it's in order, it's not random. And oh, we just had a small crowd. No, you had a few people. All right? So you understand. So when Jesus told that story of the Good Samaritan, it's like, what? There was a good Samaritan? That's kind of like jumbo shrimp. You know? It just doesn't work. So Jesus said that he was going through Samaria. In fact, some places of Scripture actually reads that way. Jesus said, I must go through Samaria. It's not that it was the shortest way to go. He just needed to go because he had to do something in Samaria. And he walked until he was tired, and he walked until he was hungry, and he sat down by the well. And there is a woman that is at the well. She comes to the well while Jesus is sitting there. And in verse 7... Of John chapter 4, the Bible said, She came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Jesus sat down. Where did his disciples go? They went to Kroger. Okay? Jesus sat down because Jesus knew where the harvest really was. He sat down by Jacob's well. He sat down by a well that had been dug years ago. And it seemed like it was a well where Jacob's children could drink. But it always had a purpose. How many know God always has a purpose? Why is that well there right now? Because one day Jesus is going to sit down there. So she, she, she came, the disciples were gone. If you know the story, the woman comes to the well and Jesus looks over at the well and says, hey, would you give me something to drink? <laughs> and the woman looks at Jesus and says, are you asking me to give you something to drink? You asking me? I mean, first of all, you're talking to me. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. Jews don't talk to Samaritans. We don't talk to you. I mean, you can see that, right? But it could be a little bit more than that. She may not have said it like, you talking to me? She could have said it that way, or she could have said, you talking to me? <laughs> hey, I never met a good Jewish young man before. could have been Come on, you didn't know why you talked to somebody like that at one time. Because uh, Jesus knew all about her story. Uh, she, the fact of the matter is that, really she was thirsty, she just didn't know what she was thirsty for. And so, so uh, Jesus looks at her, and she, he said, "If you knew who was asking you for water." You would have asked me for water, and I would have given you living water so that you would never be thirsty again. Did you get that? So this woman, this thirsty woman at the well, this thirsty Samaritan woman that was at the well, begins to talk to Jesus and and he is beginning, as he talks to her, her thirst begins to show up. She realized, because sometimes, listen, when you get in the presence of Jesus, anybody been this way? It's like, oh, I'm fine. But then I get in the presence of Jesus and I realize all oh, that I'm missing. It's why some people don't even want to come to church because I'm fine as long as I'm out here doing it this way. But if somebody starts talking to me about living water and I don't have to live this way and my life can be changed, I realize just how sick and tired of being sick and tired. I really am. Give me some water, she says, so that I will never be thirsty again. Give me some water. Give me some water so that I won't ever be thirsty again. And, you know, I kind of get this. I mean, I had this one moment years ago. We took some of our teenagers. We were in downtown Newport News just we we've done a big rally down there. Anybody been to downtown Newport News? Okay, I don't know. Okay, so downtown Newport News is an interesting place to hang out, okay? So we were there inviting some folks to church, all right? We were doing a little service as many years ago. It was like 2000, I believe it was, 1992-2000, downtown Newport News. like, And uh, so we're walking down the streets and talking and you know, my kids are young as before Felicia was married. You know, it was, a long, it was that long ago. And, and there's people just doing a lot of things there on the street, selling stuff on the street. I ain't playing with you. I am not making this up. I'm not exaggerating. I'm selling stuff on the street and selling other stuff on the street. <laughs> like this lady walked over and started propositioning some of the kids and saying, hey, you want to have a good time? So I walked over and said, hey, ma'am, she looked at me and she said, you want to have a good time? <laughs> and I thought I would fix this and her, ma'am, I'm the pastor. I'm, I'm the preacher. Well, preachers need love too. <laughs> she said that to me. <laughs> I laid hands on her. She fell out. And, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, I might have been able to handle that situation differently. But I, you know, we did tell her about the you know what was going on, and how she could you know find more. Maybe she maybe she knows Jesus today. I don't know, but but uh, I kind of that's kind of the flavor of this story of people being thirsty. The woman of the well was here. Can I tell you, uh, in case you did not know, the woman of the well, I believe is here this morning. I believe she's here. Yeah. Uh, I believe that there's probably some broken folk that walked in the door this morning, and you're at church and you made it here and you've been here years and years, but still you got a story, and you really don't want your story to show up. You just assume that we could you just get on, could you just dismiss us right now because I'm thirsty? I mean, Jesus actually said to her, uh, she said, I want some of this living water so that I'm never thirsty again. I really want some. And, and I don't know exactly what she said. She might have said, I want some of that living water. I, I, I want some living water, so I won't be thirsty again. And Jesus looked at her, and, and he just, he just uh, thought I had one. Yeah, I got one. It's a, anybody ever had a Band-Aid ripped off before? Okay, I mean, it's real fun. You know, you got your kids, and you know they got cut, or, and you put a Band-Aid on like a few days ago, and it's just been sitting there on their elbow, just been sitting there like that. And they say, and they don't want you to, leave, they don't want you to touch it. And you say, look, we need to change that Band-Aid. And the baby girl says, no, Daddy, it's okay. I like my Mickey Mouse Band-Aid. And so they say, now, this, this it's only going to hurt for a second, okay? No, Daddy, and then I'm saying this out of daddy experience and also as child experience, okay? So here's what you do. It's been on there, and you grab it and say, okay, take a deep breath. One, two, don't wait till three. Pull it on, t- pull it on two, okay? Just telling you. One, two, <laughs> ouch. Man, I used this illustration earlier. I have pulled a lot of hair off of my arm today. <laughs> it's like 20 or 30, and I didn't even know my arm was that hairy. My goodness. I mean, sometimes you got to rip the band-aid off. You can't keep the wound covered up. There are people in here, and you've been having band-aids on your wounds for so long. And the Lord would like, I'd like to help it off, but but, but at the same time, you're saying, please don't, please don't. That's gonna hurt. Yeah, it might sting for a minute. Now watch how Jesus does this. He does it in John 4:16. Jesus said to her, Okay, you want living water? This is all he said. He didn't say, You need to get up and go to church right now. He said, No, let's talk. Let me give you some living water. Go. And call your husband and come here. And she said, I don't have a husband. And then prophecy flows. Okay? Jesus said, right. That's right. You don't have a husband. But you have had five husbands. And the man you're living with right now is not your husband. You you told me the truth. Anybody ever done that? Have you ever told the truth so you could hide your lies? Have you told your version of what's going on? I don't have a husband. I don't have... No, really, you got five of them, okay? You have five. I know how wounded you are. You you understand what happens when somebody says you have five? Anybody get what that says? Anybody understand? It's like, you know, if I had had five other relationships other than the one that I have with my wife, then somehow my soul is tied to all five of them. I've had you've, had, you've had, your flesh has been united. Not with one, not with two, not with three, not with four, not with five, but with six. And you are sick of relationships now. And that's why you told this last guy, I don't believe in marriage anymore. Which is a lie. It's just that's your band-aid to cover up your shame. Anybody hearing me? And you say, but don't talk, don't tell my story right now in front of everybody. No, no, I'm saying... You're in a good place right now because you're about to get living water. And if we can expose your shame for just a moment, and I can, you can look at me, a Samaritan, you know those guys that always you think, always think they're better than you, won't even come through sidecar, won't even sit and talk to another woman about their heart, about their soul. Guess what? I'm a new one. I'm a new guy in town. And I've come to tell you that no matter what you've done, no matter what your story he is. I want to change your life. Now, somebody praise God. Now, it gives her living water. I think uh, sooner or later we need to get past our past. Somebody shout amen. amen. I know who you are. I know you never met me before. She says I know you. Or he, Jesus says I know you. And I'm gonna reveal to you the story behind your thirst. Why am I thirsty? Because you've been going to the wrong well all these years. Where's your husband? Where's your wife? Come on, church. Where's your affections? Where are the last six relationships you've been in? Where where are the people that are struggling with same-sex relationships right now? Come on. Peel away the shame. Stop pretending. We like to do this in the church. We like to water it down, and this is what we believe. Let's make sure that everybody feels good about exactly where they are. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. You just end up dry and thirsty and tired, and you get mad at everybody else in the world who says, no, there's a better way. They hate me. No, we love you. We know where you've been. We've been there ourselves. I don't want to tell about my addictions. I don't want to tell about my struggles. I, I don't want to tell about my lies. I, I got them all packaged under a really nice band-aid and Jesus says, let's pull that bad boy off. Let's get honest about what's going on. Jesus. Ha. <sighs> He has this victorious moment too. It's in John 4 28. We have this victorious moment. The woman then left her water pot. <laughs> I love this. She left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? I love, love, love this moment. You see what happened? He told her that, and she said, Wait a minute. We heard that the Messiah is coming. Jesus said, here I am. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one. He reveals who he is. Are there any people in this room that are saved? Is there anybody in the room that are saved? Okay, now, just so you understand, the Father loves you. Anybody here Wednesday night? I taught this last Wednesday night about prayer. How many know the Father? Say, the Father loves me. The Father loves me. No, you don't get it. You gave your life to Jesus, right? How many confess Jesus as your Lord? Anybody do that? So I've confessed Jesus as my Lord. You got that? So Jesus is my Lord. But this is what happens. You become a child of the Father. Who's the child of the Father in this room? Anybody a child of the Father? No, no, I want you to get this. Okay, now the Father loves you as he loves the Son. But, anybody hear me? Amen. The Father loves me like he loves Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wave at me, wave at me. Anybody get this? No, 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 he couldn't love me. Yeah, he loves you. He's provided a place at the table. It's the whole prodigal son story. He wants you to come home. He embraces you. He... He gives you a ring. He gives you a robe. That's what's going on with this woman right now. She's Now she's realizing, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm loved. Wait a minute. I'm forgiven. What? And living water begins to flood your life in that old thirsty place from the time when you were a child and you were abused and you were hurt or you were abandoned. All of that area begins to wake up and you start being whole from the inside out rather from the outside in. And then suddenly, you don't have to fake it every day, and you don't have to defend yourself every day. Suddenly, something's happening in your life. You see what happened? She left her water pot. You know why? She left the well when she became a well. She dropped her water pot because she became a water pot. You understand, you don't have to keep living like that when finally you are set free by Jesus. And on the inside of you, now you're a container. Now you're a conduit. Now you're a water hose. Jesus. She left the well when she became a well. Somebody shout it. She left the well when she became a well. I staying right here. Some people say, you know, what am I going to do with Jesus? What am I going to do with my relationship with Jesus? I'm telling you this. When you become a well, you will not be stuck in the old places. You won't be. Now, you'll go back to the places you used to be, but you'll go differently. Jesus. That's what our teaching is about. It's a new harvest you realize that there are people that we don't want to get saved. Don't you? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. The lunchroom never goes away. It never goes away. There are people that you will see because you're people watchers. And you say, I sure would hate to talk with them. I was sitting at the mall uh, a couple of years ago. I was sitting at the mall. Dinah's having a ladies' night at the house. And... I don't have any place to go. I, I well, It was dinner time. I was hungry. And so I, I, went to, um, I went to the mall and I sat down and got myself a sandwich. And some guy walks over to my table and sits down <laughs> and tries to tell me about Jesus. <laughs> I told him, you need to get yourself up from here. I didn't know. No, I didn't. <laughs> No, we became friends, got his phone number. We've talked several times since then. But point being is, uh, have you ever looked around? Do we just look at people so we can feel better about ourselves? Or do we ever look at people and say, who's the thirstiest person in the room? Maybe that particular day I looked really thirsty. Maybe I was just going through it. Maybe I needed a friend. Maybe I needed that. But I'm telling you, there are people that are in... Come on, they are in your Samaria, all right? So at Freedom, we say, love God, love each other, and serve the world. And sometimes we really love God, and sometimes we really love each other, but we never get to the serve the world part. You see, can I just take a moment though and just thank all of the individuals that serve here at Freedom? I'm just so grateful for all of you. Thank you, whether it's serving people in the front yard, at the parking lot, the door upstairs with the kids, in the nursery, at the compassion center, whatever it is, serving in leadership and discipleship. I'm just really grateful for all of you that get busy serving, but at the same time, I want to say that God has called all of us to be filled with living water and to become wells. We've got to serve people. There are people that desperately need the world that are in your life. So the disciples come back. And you can see this in John 4 and 27. The disciples come back and they, they are startled. They marvel that he talked to a woman, but nobody said anything. Nobody said, hey, what are, you, what are you doing? Why are you talking with her? So they just walked up, hands full of groceries, you know, got bags, you know how we do it, and we don't you know we care all. Who, who, those little plastic bags on our arm. How many could, okay, care about 12 bags if you had to? anybody? So they got their groceries. they think they have the harvest. They walk up and Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman, we've got to fix this, making sure nobody's got their social media accounts out, somebody's going to take a picture and put it up and it's going to become you know viral. No, so they don't say anything. And she does, and when she takes off, uh, Jesus continues just to sit there and she ran and found people who were broken, just like she was, and told them, let me show you a man who told me everything I ever did. What? What's going on now? She's got a testimony. What do you mean everything you did? You mean yeah we knew you was doing that. We knew about that. Let me show you a man who told me everything that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out of the city and they came to Sychar where Jesus was at the well. The disciples are there. The disciples see all these people come back and they're wanting to talk to Jesus. But the disciples in verse 31, here's what they had to say, "Rabbi, you need to eat. You need to eat." And then somebody, they look at each other and say, has anybody brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Let me just let me show you this, okay? Uh, I mean, by this time every day, I'm a little hungry. And so who likes Twix bars? Anybody like Twix bars? Can't have it. <laughs> anybody over here like Milky Way bars? You like these? Can't have it. You're used to me throwing stuff around, aren't you? Look at this. Here is a M&M's, fun size. Sorry, can't have it. All right? Can't have it. Okay? We have such an appetite for this rather than having an appetite for those that are lost and without Jesus. If we loved people like Jesus... They could never compare to a Twix bar. You see what I'm saying? I know if you're like me, I got comfort food. I mean, right now you're all getting hungry right now, and I'm thinking barbecue, hallelujah. I'm thinking chicken and dumplings at the cracker barrel, that's my comfort food. I'm thinking tacos, tacos, and more tacos, or, or, or I'm thinking, you know, some fajitas and guads, hallelujah. But really, I ain't got time for all that right now. Because there are people in this room that are broken. And shamed and hurting. And if I could get you to be filled with living water, then the harvest would be stirred and you would leave this people and this group of people and you would go find somebody at a mall or somebody or somebody in your family, somebody you're gonna sit with and you would tell. Come on, you gotta tell somebody about Jesus. You just have to tell somebody because people need the Lord. Anybody hungry? Come on, anybody hungry? Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the Father. I, listen, I'm hungry right now. I'm hungry for, and I'm excited about the identity. I'm really excited about that. I'm hungry for, I got a crowd of college students that come to freedom. Come on, where are, where are, my, where are my kids going to universities, going to region or, or, or Norfolk State or ODU? Where, wave at me. Where are you? Where are you? They're all over the house. Man, I need this. I need this. I'm excited about new young families, too. I'm, I'm excited about children. Anybody excited about children? I'm excited about the kids. You know, I tell you, we have a bunch of sandbags at the back of the building, and you'll never believe this, but we the sandbags that we have keep water from going into certain areas during stormy times. And yesterday, some children came onto our property, and they took those sandbags, and they made themselves a bike ramp and tore up our sandbags, those no-good, rotten children. I hope they... Come to church and find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You see, do you see that switch in a hurry? They tore, they took, come on, they need, let me buy them some sandbags. Let me give them what they really need. That's what I need from you. And I, and I, want, I want to do this. I want it now. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I want children. I want millennials. I want. I want them however we can find them. I want 30-year-olds. Hey, I want 50-year-olds. Hey, we baptized uh, one of our sisters was 82 years old this week. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I want people who need the Lord to find Jesus. Anybody with me on this? Okay. All right. It's harvest time. And if you get filled with living waters, if you get filled, I can win your crowd. So I want you to help me pray right now. Would you stand with me? Everybody stand. We're going to pray. Now, listen, I'm not preaching this to make you feel guilty. I'm preaching this to make you feel alive. You receive that? Anybody receive that? You ready? Uh, As you're bowing your heads, I want some of my altar workers to come and stand with me. Altar workers, come and stand with me. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. Come on, let's thank God for his word. Yep, you're here. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. All right, now, just so you know, it is, I mean, people are catching colds and stuff this time of year. I know some people have had them, so it is, since it is a possibility that if you touch somebody's hand, you might get a germ on your hand. So I want everybody to hold hands, okay? Everybody hold hands. <laughs> hold hands. Hold hands with somebody, all right? There is antibacterial soap on the way out the door. There are little plungers. You just hit it. You'll see it at the front door, at the side door, all right? So now you're holding hands. Just close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes. Because I don't want want to do this like I usually do. I want want to do this a little differently. Hey, there are people in this room that really relate to the woman at the well. I mean, you come to church, but at the same time you feel... You feel like, man, I wish I could be open and honest. I wish I could tell my story. I, I I wish that I didn't feel so tied, so wounded. I... I wish I didn't have to fake it. I wish. I wish somebody knew. I wish they could just know, just have an impression that I'm going through struggles in my own heart. I wish they knew, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you right now. I mean it's a good possibility the person you're standing to might be somebody that you know or somebody that you care about, and somebody that you trust, you can sit by and Just just standing there with your eyes closed, holding somebody's hand. If you you really need living water, if you got some stuff in your life that you really need to deal with, and you're just tired of dealing with this on your own and in your own headspace, squeeze the hand of the person next to you. Just squeeze their hand a little bit. Give them a little squeeze.
1: squeeze their hand.
0: Okay. If, if you felt your hand squeezed today, would you just give me an amen right now? Amen. Wow. That's a lot of amens. Now I'm going to we'll do something else for you because there's sometimes that long, shameful walk to the well is tough. So I'm going to invite you to the well where people who know the Lord can pray with you and for you. But I don't want you to come by yourself. You squeeze somebody's hand. So now I want you to squeeze their hand a little tighter. Go ahead. Squeeze their hand a little tighter. Because that person whose hand you're holding is going to walk with you all the way to the front. Ready? Go. Start walking. Start walking. Just grab their hand. And say, Here we go. I'm not going. Yes, you are. There you go. Come on down. Praise Jesus. Stand in some groups. There you go. Go ahead. Just get in groups. Squeeze all the way in. Squeeze all the way in. I need every living waters a leader. I need every... that's ever been trained in my in, in prayer work. Come in, help me. Come in, help me pray. Come in, help me pray. Every living waters... Every... every Body in soul care, come and help me. Squeeze up, squeeze up, squeeze up tight, squeeze up. Hang on to them so they don't run. Okay? Hang on Squeeze on up. Come on down. Hey guys, come on, come on. Come on down. You have to make some big circles. Squeeze in, squeeze in. I'm coming down, Diane. I got a crowd of people over here. Some uh, of my uh, worship team, you can come too and help. Worship team. Yeah, come and help. You want to help me pray. Alright, you ready? now everybody else stay in group wherever you are stay in groups I feel like I got more people up here now than I had in congregation so. so stay right where you are okay there are people that you held hands with now here's what I want you to do turn and look at the people you're holding hands with turn and look at them you can open your eyes now here in the front you just stay right here just stay right here but everybody else in the back I want you to take some moments with each other I want you to know that you can be honest check in with the person you're with right now how are you doing How's your living water? Do you need a fill up? How's the water pot? What's going on? All right? Now, those of you up front, we have people that are going to come with you. We're going to pray with you. All right? Help yourselves there. Okay? We're going to have people that come and pray with you. Spend some time talking together. I'm coming down. All right? You ready? Now, Father, I give you thanks as we begin to share one with another in this congregation, as we begin to pray. Come, Holy Spirit, by Your gifts. Give us wisdom so that we can minister to one another effectively. Help us to lead so that they can be sons and daughters. I ask specifically for the removal of shame. Help us to be able to talk about our past so that we can get past the past. Come, Holy Spirit, as we pray, as we minister to one another, fill our hearts, fill our souls. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Begin to sing. would bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you and grant you